Let's again pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. How many of you ever heard the phrase, uh, maybe you saw the bumper sticker, practice random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty? Have you ever heard that? Uh, Maybe seen that as a uh, bumper sticker? What do you think? Uh, Practice random acts of kindness. Senseless acts of beauty. Uh, I did a little research on that. Uh, Apparently, uh, coming out of the 80s, uh, what appeared to be senseless acts of violence, uh, there was this phrase that was coined and and got popular. Uh, We saw it oftentimes on uh, bumper stickers, again, saying, forget violence, practice random acts of kindness. Should kindness ever be random? Can kindness really ever be random? If we were in the Northeast today, maybe after church, we'd go to an apple orchard. And we'd go to an apple orchard, and, and I tell you, uh, the, the apples uh, this time of year in apple country are amazing. And you'd grab a, an apple, and you'd bite into it. And it's probably so tart that you you got to close your eyes. And uh, you got to say, man, this, this is random. I mean, where did this come from? And, and anybody who, who sees you have a bite of an apple saying, well, that's, that's random. Where did this come from? You say, well, what are you, crazy? There's nothing random about an apple. I mean, it's a fruit. And the reason that it exists is it it was connected to an apple tree. I mean, you want to go out and see the orchard. And the only way that you can ever have an apple is if it was grown from an apple tree. And there's this miracle that God uses and uh, through the rain and the seasons and drawing up the nutrients into that, that tree. And, and as that uh, tree uh, throughout the year is going to produce fruit. And the fruit is going to be an amazing, tasty apple. Well, the only way it could ever appear is never random. And according to God's word, kindness is not random either. Well, God's kindness, the kindness that changes our lives from inside out. As a matter of fact, kindness is kind of like that apple. So as we are are to uh, remain in the vine, as we are to be connected to Jesus, just like the only way to have an apple is it for it to be connected to an apple tree, the only way for us to ever show kindness or experience kindness is to be connected to Jesus and to bear that fruit of that relationship. It is never, ever random. We can only bear it when we're connected to him. Jesus says in John 15, we've been looking at this as we've been studying the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, as we've been going through this uh, the last several weeks, uh, uh, we are now on kindness, obviously. Uh, and we realize from the very beginning of this is as Paul talks about this fruit of the Spirit, uh, that really it connects it all to Jesus. In John 15, Jesus says this. It's amazing words. Jesus says, I'm the true vine of God. I am the true vine, and, and you, if you're, if you're in a relationship with me by my grace and kindness through Christ, that, that you are branches. And, and Jesus says this, it's amazing things. He says that apart from him, we can do nothing. I mean, apart from him, we, we can't bear any fruit that, that uh, points to God. We can actually do nothing. But in him, he says, we can do all things. So if you want to follow along in your, your bulletin, we're going to look at what is, what is kindness? What is biblical kindness? And, and we're going to see that, amazingly, there's nothing random 
about biblical kindness. As a matter of fact, we're going to see what, what this kindness of God is supposed to cause us to do and experience. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it might surprise you. I mean, I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say, when you realize what Scripture says about what God's kindness is really for and what it should produce and how we're supposed to act, that really that God's kindness is given to us so that we repent. Hmm. That God's kindness is given to us so we can understand the fullness of, of the forgiveness we have in Christ Jesus. That God's kindness is given to us so that, that we could be like the aroma of Christ. So, so the world can see uh, Christ through us. So the world can, can smell the aroma of Christ. They can taste the fruit of the Spirit kindness through our lives. And the only way that the world can see that is if we're connected to Jesus. And you see this kindness uh, that's not random and it's certainly not senseless. This kindness that's connected to Jesus. Ultimately, it's for God's glory. Ultimately, this kindness is uh, something that the world should see us. And by the way, those of us who've experienced God's kindness in Christ Jesus... We're the only ones who can give this kindness. We're going to find out why in just a few minutes. The world's supposed to, to see us and, and they're supposed to experience this kindness and they're going to, supposed to be able to stop and say, I want to know Jesus and sing praises to our God in heaven because kindness finds our root in him. Well, kind, God's kindness is given to us in Christ Jesus. I mean, God is so amazingly kind to all of us. I mean, he's kind to those who love him. And you know what? He's kind to those who don't. Uh, scripture says this, that, that uh, God will send rain on uh, the, the those who love him and those who don't love him. God allows those who who know him and those who don't, to enjoy a beautiful day, to have family, to experience life, to know the joy of your team winning or, or to know the joy of a, a, a relationship with one another. That's the kindness that God has for all. But there's a particular kindness that he gives just to his family. There's a particular kindness, and this is, this is a lavishing kindness. This is, this is God's great kindness. This is God's life-changing kindness. And this kindness is only experienced through Jesus Christ, his son. He basically says this, because I so love the world that I want to I fill this world with my presence. I so love the world, I want to fill this world with my glory. And the only way you'll ever know me, the only way you'll really ever know my kindness the only way this world will ever be filled with my glory is it through my son. And so it begins with this, is that God's kindness is given to us through Christ Jesus. I want to look at a few verses. Maybe if you have your Bible, you want to follow along with me. We're going to look at John 15, uh, verses 4 and 5, uh, looking at God's kindness given to us in Christ. Also Ephesians 2 and Titus 3. But let me read them. First of all, it's this, John 15, 4. Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me. I mean, through faith, trust in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you uh, unless you abide in me. You'll never taste kindness. You'll never know it. You'll never bear it unless you abide in me. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So we see right away, Jesus says that, that this kindness, this, this fruit of the Spirit, kindness and love, joy and peace and all the other fruit of the Spirits can only be experienced through him. How? Specifically through Jesus. Let's look at Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, uh, verses 4 through 7. Amazing passage. But God, being rich in mercy. Oh, isn't it good news that our God is rich in mercy and kindness? Because of the great love which he loved us. I mean, look at how he's just piling up the adjectives to talk about how kind God is, how loving God is. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Amazingly, God's kindness is so great. Is even when we were separated from him because of sin, even when we had no inclination to be kind to him or to love him back. I mean, God is such an initiating God. He's such a good, kind, loving God that even while we were separated with him from God because of our sins that, that made us spiritually dead, God continued to show us kindness through this conduit, Jesus. Um, And he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him. This is in the past tense. And seated us with Jesus in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So at the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? I mean, this is unbelievable. This is what God's word says. God, the Father, the God who is, he wants to lavish love and kindness upon you. And he wants to do it not only today, but in the ages to come. And the way he's going to do that, the conduit in which he wants to love us is through his son, Jesus Christ. That's the connection. Titus 3, verses 4 through 7 says it this way. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, and that's just such another beautiful word, when the loving kindness of God appeared, well, what was that? That was Jesus when he appeared. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amazing. Uh, God so loved the world that he would give us his own son so that he can, we can experience this amazing kindness to us. Do you know that kindness? Have you experienced that kindness? I mean, really, in here, we're, we're, we could be broken out in a lot of different ways. I mean, Gator fans, Knoll fans, sinners like Miami fans. I don't know. We could be, we could be broken out like, uh, you know, Democrats, Republicans. Uh, we could be broken out with native Floridians or, or not. I mean, really sitting here in God's eyes right now, there's really one of two places you're in. You've either experienced the kindness of God in that special way through Christ Jesus, by God's grace through faith, or you haven't. So, we really got to begin there by saying uh, God is so good to all of us. He's made us in his image. But this unique kindness that he gives to us is only experienced through Christ Jesus. But why? Why did God give us kindness? Is, is, is the reality is, is that, listen, God is kind, therefore go be kind. Now that could be the message. As a matter of fact, I dare to say that many places might say this. God is kind. Go be kind. 
you look at that and say, is that really the message of God? Because we've had such language of the verses we've read about God being gracious. It's not by what we do that he is kind to us. I have such good news. There is not a message here today that says God is kind. Just immediately go be kind. That's moralism. That's, that's, that's religion. That's trying to earn our way maybe to heaven. But God says something very different to us through his word. That God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Romans 2.4. Romans 2.4 says this. Or do you presume on the riches of the kindness and forbearance and patience of God, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance? That God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. You ever heard the phrase... Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. This is what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. That he's come and although we've railed against him and although we've ignored him and although we lived our lives as if he didn't exist, he was so kind to us. That that Jesus would come and do all the things that we were supposed to do. That Jesus would actually literally be killed to show us kindness. Because God is holy and because God has to deal with sin, the kindness of God was to provide us one who would stand in our place to absorb the wrath that we deserve from a holy God. That's so kind. Because God is so kind to us, not only did he pour out his wrath on his son for our sins, but he raised him from the dead so that we can have life and life abundantly. We should look at the reality of of who God is and all that he has done, and it should make our knees buckle. It should make our knees buckle and say, amazing love, how can it be? I mean, how can it be that, that God who's holy is so merciful to me? How can it be? And so the first thing he wants us to do is is, is to get a glimpse of this kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And if you want a glimpse of it, look at cross, gaze at the cross, gaze at his wounds, gaze at his bleeding side. You want to know about the kindness of God. There it is hanging on a tree. And it should lead us to repentance. It should lead us to say, God, I I am broken. God, I've, I've, I've failed. God, I'm not kind. God, I'm consumed with selfishness. God, every day of my life, I live it for me. It's amazing. I even use kindness to make me feel good. And God says, my kindness should lead you to repentance. Why? So we can experience God's forgiveness. I love, he says, don't imitate. Don't imitate his kindness before we repent. Uh, I've uh, developed a great friendship with a friend of mine who uh, um, is, is reading through the Bible. Uh, I think I've shared a little bit of a story over the last several weeks. And it's interesting. Recently, um, I think if you ask him, he would say, I'm a Christian um, because I, I follow Jesus. Um, he says, that I don't know anybody else who's got better teachings than Jesus. And the other day we were discussing the resurrection. He said, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter to me. I, I, if it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. If, it, if it's just made up or I don't need the resurrection to follow Jesus. Because you see, he was following Jesus because he felt like Jesus's life was the life to imitate and to, uh, to imitate in a way that maybe he'll find life. But Jesus's life was not led for us just so he would be a great imitator, a great teacher. 
He came as the Savior of the world. He came to make all things new. He came to rescue you and me from death into life. And without that cross and without the resurrection, the story means nothing. I mean, Jesus is just a failed prophet. Now, Jesus might be a, a good person. Without the resurrection, there's nothing. So that, that, that love of his is to lead us to repentance and believing in that resurrection. You know, I was driving down I-75 recently in Georgia, and there was a, there was a sign. Uh, and by the way, if you're driving on I-75 in Georgia, go the speed limit, for goodness sakes, all right? I, mean, I don't know anybody more excited to give out tickets than, uh, is that not true, Joe Creech? I mean, your whole family, anybody know that the Georgia cops love giving out? Anyway, I might have experienced that once myself or so. Um, but I was driving down I-75, and there was a big, huge billboard that you could not miss, and it said this, homosexuality is an abomination. And right underneath it said, Bible church of, of the town you go through. I'm like, really? Really? That's, that's, that's the money you want to spend for a billboard? That's it? That's what you want? You want to basically just tell the world going down I-75, hey, listen, homosexuality is an abomination. Come visit Grace Church or Bible Church or whatever it is. Homosexuality is a sin. I mean, Scripture calls it an abomination. But we are to show the kindness of Christ to the world. And how did God deal with us? Did he sit us down and say, your life's an abomination. I mean, it's an abomination. All you do is it's just a sin, sin, sin. No, he just is amazingly long-suffering. He's amazingly patient. He's, he's provided for my abominational life a sacrifice He's pouring kindness out to me through Christ. And he wants us now to be billboards. Billboards that say, God is kind. Look at the kindness he's shown to me. It seems like we often want to just be the billboards that say, you are a sinner. It's interesting. Romans, on the other side of this coin, Romans 14, 22 says this. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. It's wordy. Listen to it again. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. I was driving to church uh, last week, and I, I think I got a, a message on my phone, breaking AP News. Uh, maybe it had been there over the weekend. I just noticed it. I don't know. Uh, but it celebrated uh, the mainline Presbyterian denomination, PCUSA, ordaining uh, an openly gay pastor. Now, that's the other side of the coin where kindness of God doesn't mean that we wink at sin. It doesn't mean that we can take God's word that's pretty clear. And listen, following God's way is always going to leave us life. It's amazing that we live our lives conditionally. And maybe, maybe for us, we'll say, well, things like homosexuality, it's so clear to see that that's wrong. Well, what about adultery? What about materialism? Uh, what, what about uh, other kinds of fornication? <laughs> Sometimes we have a tendency to wink at that. But here's the deal. We would be wrong and sinful to approve those things that God says clearly are wrong. And blessed are those who will not uh, bring judgment on themselves for what they approve. So that's the tension, my, my brothers and sisters. 
is that we are to be kind in Christ Jesus. And we're to show kindness as God has shown kindness to us. Our lives are a billboard. We should stand up for the truth. We should shout the truth from the mountaintop. But oh, should we lead with love and mercy. Why? Because Jesus led with love and mercy to us. Oh, should we be quick not to throw a stone. Why? Because ye who haven't sinned, you throw the first stone. Killing them with kindness in Christ's name. Our kindness should be not, not only uh, uh, linked to, to link us to repentance, but it also should link us to forgiveness in Christ Jesus. You see, again, this, I want you to picture this. Uh, unbelievable. The only way we experience is in Christ. And as we experience in Christ, it should lead us to repent. Man, have we messed up. But God is loving, kind to us. But that should lead us to forgiveness. Listen to what Ephesians 4.32 says. Be kind to one another. This is a commandment. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another as Christ God forgave you. Be kind. And it's linked to the way that Christ has forgiven you. Our kindness should not be on probation. What do I mean by that? We read in Ephesians 2 that in Christ Jesus, it's, a, it's in a glorious passage, it's a mysterious passage, but we've not only been forgiven, but we've been raised to the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That Listen, if you repent and you ask God to forgive you, always be merciful and gracious. He forgives you of all your sins. He cleanses you from all your unrighteousness. And in light of that now, we are to be kind, but it's not, it's not kindness on probation that maybe if I'm kind, God will love me. Maybe if I'm kind, he'll accept me. Maybe if I'm kind, I'll earn it. It's never that way. He says, listen, you're completely forgiven. So go show kindness. In college, I was a rush chairman. You probably could see that, couldn't you? I was a rush chairman, and, and I love my job. That, that person uh, is the one who's responsible for recruiting people into your fraternity. And I tell you what, it's basically kindness on probation. It's, are you good enough, kind enough to get in? Um, are we going to be kind enough to try to show you what we really want to show you? Is your kindness enough to be acceptable? God's reality is, is he wants us to be kind, not to try to earn and get in, but in Christ Jesus, we're already in. We're already loved. It's not on probation. It's secure. But not only that, it's a kindness that's connected to others. Uh, one of the best sermons ever preached here uh, that did great uh, justice to that text that, that Jack wed, or read uh, was our founding pastor, Pastor Emeritus, Chuck Green, uh, preaching on past the potatoes out of Second Samuel uh, chapter 9 about Mephibosheth. But did you see what happened with Mephibosheth? Let me just take a minute and explain that to you. I mean, David had an amazing relationship with another person named Jonathan. Um, Jonathan and David were the closest of friends in the Lord. I mean, it's amazing how they love one another uh, in, in a holistic way. As a matter of fact, when David became king, he says, I want to show, listen to this, I want to show the kindness of God to Jonathan's descendants. Is there anybody here, because of my relationship with Jonathan, is there anybody here that I can show kindness to? And he finds out that there's Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, when one time when it was an urgent time of war, uh, was scooped up as a child by her nurse, was dropped, and feet became lame. 
And now this one who's lame, and again, uh, lameness at the king's table was not accepted, but because of this relationship, because this connection um, that David had with Jonathan, he wanted to show kindness to Mephibosheth. So he sat at the table all the time. So kindness of God can be linked to another. Well, we've already seen that the kindness that God gives to us is linked to Jesus. And our kindness to others should be linked to Jesus as well. That, that we, we should be, listen, listen, get this. We should be showing the kindness of God to others. Why? Because we're Mephibosheth. We're Mephibosheth. We're the lame son who, who shouldn't be at the king's table. We're the lame, broken ones who've been restored by a gracious king and made whole a whole lot better than David can just do with Mephibosheth. We're the one. We've been linked to Jesus. And because of that, we have life and life abundantly. And now God is saying, because you're forgiven, because you have a relationship with me, because you are set free, go and be kind. Be kind. Show my kindness as I have shown kindness to you. God's kindness to us is never, ever random. It's always linked to another. It's always linked to Christ Jesus. And our kindness to others should always be linked to Christ Jesus as well for his glory. Our kindness is to bear fruit, fruit for God's glory. I'm going to read a couple passages for this point as we close. John 15, 8, Matthew 5, 16, and 1 Peter 2, 12. By this, my father is glorified. Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It says that God is glorified when we bear fruit, including the fruit of kindness. Uh, Matthew uh, uh, 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your, see, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That was the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount reference. But that you may shine in a way that they may see you but really see Jesus. 1 Peter 2.12 Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. They may see your kindness and glorify God on the day of visitation. There is a kindness that the world offers. A few weeks ago, we preached on peace. We realized there's a peace that the world offers. Remember that illustration with uh, Corona? Find your beach, find the world's peace. There's a, there's a kindness that the world uh, offers. It's pretty random. It'll basically say, practice random acts of kindness. But you know what's really at the core of that? Let's just take this and turn that a little bit. You know what's really at the core of that? Selfishness. How do you say that? How, how do you say that kindness can be selfishness? Because unless it's kindness that flows from our relationship with Jesus, it's always self-serving. What do you mean? Well, I've seen uh, the world try to be kind. Why? It makes them feel good. It, it tries to justify their existence. It tries to prove that they're okay or you're okay and I'm okay. It's kindness that's basically on probation. It's kindness that makes us look good. I'd rather have that than violence. But God says, that's not where it's at. 
There's a kindness that we should give to one another. A kindness that we should give to the world that's selfless. Listen, we're the only ones who could give it. We're the only ones who could ever give a selfless kindness. Why? Because we've been forgiven. Why? Because we're his. Why? Because our position will never change. Do you get that? Why? Because daily God is going to lavish his love upon you. Why? Because daily God wants to show how merciful he is to you. Why? Because he'll never, ever let you go. And now he says, go and be kind to the world in a way they don't get it. Because it's selfless. Do, you, do we understand that there were the only hope the world has for kindness is for Christians to be kind in Christ? Because that's the only selfless kindness there is. And that, and that when we give when it hurts, and, and when we give in a way that doesn't have to put us in the light, when we give and are kind and do things for the glory of God, guess what? They see Jesus. They see him. And then they're like blown away the fact that there's a God who's so long-suffering and merciful. And that leads them to repentance. And that leads them to experience God's forgiveness. And that leads them to give the kindness that only God can give. Does it make sense? It's never random. It's not supposed to be random. God wants to fill this world with his kindness. And he wants you and me to do it. But it's not to build a stairway to heaven. It's not to get in. Because we already got in. Because we're already at heaven in Christ Jesus. And now we love others. It's interesting. This Greek word is krestos. Um, it's one little variation, letter, letter different than Christos. Uh, it was confusing in the early church that followers of Christ... And some, of them, some, some early uh, uh, Christian followers, they were called the kind ones. Christ followers, Christos, they were the kind ones. The ones who gave not only to their own poor, but to the world's poor as well. How is it with you? There's a lot of ways for us to be kind as individuals in a church. Let me encourage you. I think this church is very kind. Uh, we recently had a deacons meeting this week and um, half our deacons fund, I got good news, we gave to those in need. And we are at a lower point than we've been in a long time. We've been good for a long time. All of a sudden, some big needs come in, boom. So let me encourage you uh, in your community group, individually. Uh, right now, there's a need to show kindness to one another uh, through our deacons fund. By God's grace, we've been able to do it. Uh, man, I'm so encouraged with our deacons in our church showing kindness. How else can you show kindness? Well, you go restore Orlando. Uh, don't do it because you're trying to earn God's favor. Don't do it to just make yourself better. But you go to Restore Hope Orlando, be a part of the reading program, uh, be a part of a Christmas program we have coming up. Um, they're looking at uh, partners for helping people with Christmas. And maybe your community group wants to come together and, and give, uh, I think it's like 250 bucks to help a family uh, have a Christmas. It's a great way. I can't close in prayer before um, we talk about one other thing. And that is kindness to yourself. I'm not talking about selfishness. And I'm not talking about putting yourself on the throne. But I think for many of us, God has been amazingly kind to us in Christ. He's forgiven us. And yet some of us, we can't forgive ourselves. He loves us so deeply, but for some of us, 
We just can't get over loathing ourselves. Some of you are really, really kind to others, but not very kind to yourself. I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm not talking about looking out for number one. I'm talking about drinking deeply of the reality that God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. That you are a beloved child of the King. That he has set you free by the blood of the Lamb. And he wants you to be kind to that person in the mirror that's still a work in progress. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that you would give us a biblical perspective of kindness and that you would begin by showing us Jesus and just how amazingly kind he has been to us. That we would drink deeply of that reality that he suffered for us so that we could have a relationship with you. Oh, the kindness we've experienced in Christ. May it turn us inside out. For your glory we pray in Christ's name. Amen.